Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. I'm so glad to be with you again today on our uh, Victory Weekly Podcasts. This is Pastor Mitch, and I hope you're doing well today. What a crazy time we're living in. And, and at the same time, what an absolutely exciting time. You know, uh, I mentioned this in a recent service of ours at Victory Church here that, um, my goodness, so many things are happening on so many levels. We've got the earthquakes in Turkey that happened, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago. And uh, wow, we're right on the verge, it looks like. And maybe you haven't heard this, but listen. I read a lot, and I look between the lines. We're on the verge of another war worldwide that looks like it will be nuclear, and I I could say a lot about that, and I'll probably do like a pastor talk on a Wednesday night if you're a Victory Church person and talk about that in our services because there's a lot going on. It is really just a day to be prepared. And on the other end of the spectrum, y'all, I mean, this thing at Asbury um, University and Theological uh, Seminary in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky, is incredible with these students that are just uh, uh, the, having revival break out. They're worshiping 24 hours a day in a, a meeting that started um, uh, uh, a week ago or so and uh, and hasn't stopped 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In fact, uh, I've, you know, you've probably seen some of the videos of that. Where, where the, the kids, uh, college kids, are just worshiping the Lord with abandon. And uh, I was, in fact, I, you've probably seen this too. Uh, one video I watched showed a, showed a young man, and you know he had been worshiping for 24 hours. He said, I'm sleepy. i got to go get some sleep. I don't want to quit, and I'm hungry. So he said, I'm going to go, <laughs> go to sleep and then get something to eat, but I'm coming back. So, you know, it's exciting. And there's a, a real move of God. I have a lot to say about that, but that's not my subject today. I'm just saying that we live in such an interesting day. We need the Holy Spirit directing our steps, guiding our way, showing us the way to go. And uh, so that's what I've been talking about the last number of podcasts. In fact, I'm, I'm in the middle of talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. Let me go back to the scripture I bounce off of every time I talk about this, which is John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit, you know, his job is uh, to make us like Jesus and to help us grow and develop in Christ and to move us away from all the fleshly stuff we have to deal with and, and really help us become spiritual people who are like Jesus, but his other job is also to to navigate us through life and show us the will of the Father, the will of God for our lives and help us to walk in the purposes of God. And uh, so we've been talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. Let me go through this real quickly. I've, I've mentioned the first six of them, and the last one took several podcasts. But first of all, the Holy Spirit helps us. Uh, he creates unity in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit, number two, gives us a desire to be like Jesus. Number three, he produces a sense of righteousness, a right standing with God. Number four, the Holy Spirit seeks to keep us pure. And number five, the Holy Spirit will lead us away from the harmful effects of our culture 
And then number six, and I took, man, a good while to talk about this when the Holy Spirit will give us a sense of belonging with the Father. We are accepted by God and deeply, deeply loved by Him. And see, that that concept of being loved by God, it's so all-consuming that it consumes how we think it can consume, how we think about ourselves uh, because of how we relate to God our Father through His Word, by His Spirit. And then it also affects how uh, not only we relate and think about ourselves, but then also how um, how we relate to others. So we, we took a, a good bit of time, several podcasts talking about that. Number seven on the 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. And I'll cover this one today is the Holy Spirit will give us an overcoming attitude in life. He is altogether positive. That is the Holy Spirit. You know, before I came to Jesus, um, I was an introvert and a pessimist. And so I didn't want to be around. I, you know, to me, people hurt you, and I didn't want to be around them because they hurt me a lot. Secondly, you know, I was a pessimist. I saw that glass half empty instead of half full, and I was constantly looking on the negative side of life. When I came to Jesus, it so revolutionized me. I actually, I, I, I went from being an introvert to being an extrovert. I just love to be around people. Now, when I need to rejuvenate and I'm tired, I like to be alone and I read and pray and, and do some hobbies and such. But once, I, once I'm back, to, back, back and once I'm, you know, rested and refreshed again, I love to go out and be where people are. I, that's just part of my personality now. But it wasn't before I knew the Lord. And then this other part of, of seeing the glass half full instead of half empty, being an optimist instead of being a pessimist. See, that again came from the Holy Spirit's work in my life. As I began to read the Word and get the Word in me, Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. When the Word got in me, boy, that, that revolution, didn't it with you? It revolutionized my thought patterns uh, and, and how I think about life and here all these years later, 46 and a half years later, uh, since I've met the Lord, you know, anytime there's a problem, my mind is always looking for a solution. Always, always. We just had an issue. We're building our new building, you know, here on campus. And, um, you know, we've had issue after issue after issue multiplied infinitum, it seems. But, you know, like even last night, my mind's thinking of, uh, about a problem that erupted. How can I, how can I solve the problem? And it's, I wasn't just thinking of the problem. Oh, this is awful. How bad? I was thinking, how can I solve the problem? See, that's, see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us an overcoming attitude in life. Let me say this: the Holy Spirit will always move me and you towards faith. He will always move us towards expectation. He will always move us towards promise. He will always move us towards problem solving, how to overcome, you know, and, and he's just that way. And I have so appreciated that about him in life. And having said that about him, when he motivates us to, uh, to get involved in helping others and being involved in the Great Commission and being involved in, in ministering life to others, he usually asks us to do things that are so far beyond us and it stretches us so very much and you know I have also appreciated that about him he will lead us to do things that are so uncannily opposed to how we naturally do things and and 
you know, when you get involved in life like that and, and you become stretched, you find out how great God is. He is amazing. And you find out Ephesians 3.20 is true. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above, right? All we could ask or think. So uh, today I just want to talk about just the positive effect of the Holy Spirit living in us, the fact that he gives us an overcoming attitude in life. 1 John 4.4 says this, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory. See, you have already, not going to, already won a victory over those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, I memorized this in the King James Version when I was in my uh, late teens, early 20s. Uh, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So and we had songs about that when I was a young believer. And so, you know, it's become embedded in me that the person in me is greater than any circumstance, challenge, or opposition from any realm of life that I face. He is greater, and He will give me wisdom. Yeah, I can I can either go through the mountain, I can go over the mountain, I go around it, but I'm gonna get through that problem, and that's and that's just the way it is. So you know, you'll find that to be the way He is with with you as well. Let me, you know, I've talked about this a good bit in my life. But probably one of the darkest moments of my personal life. Uh, is, is a moment that actually the Holy Spirit led me into. And uh, it sounds odd to say it that way, but you remember when Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was 30 years old. And then Jesus, after, right after that, he went into a, a desolate place, uh, the Bible calls a wilderness, and, and he stayed there 40 days and nights and and he didn't eat anything for, for that long. That's, that's a long time. In fact, uh, those in the know say you're right on the brink of starvation after 40 days of no food. I mean, your body starts consuming it. I mean, it's shutting down organs. So, I mean, he's right there. But the power of God sustained him. And uh, But the idea was he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That is, let me phrase it another way. He was led into a hard place. Now, this sounds odd, but it's true. Did you know? That sometimes God will lead you into a place that for you is difficult. He will. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, we have four children, eight grandchildren. You hear me say that a lot. But, you know, with raising our kids, you know, we stretched our children to help them grow. Uh, the, the day, I mean, you know, it, it caused almost a panic when, when my child, I would no longer hold the bottle. They had to hold the bottle to feed themselves or and I would no longer put the spoon in their fat mouth. They had to put their spoon in their fat mouth to feed themselves, or they had to put their pants on. I'm not putting their pants on, and sometimes they did it, put the wrong leg in the wrong, you know, in the wrong part of the pants. So, you know, you just learn, and growing stretches us. I'm just saying that sometimes God will lead you into a very difficult place, and, and it seems like you're going to fall apart. It's not going to work. But you know what? God has, God's plan and his scheme is that we grow, that we mature, and that we develop in him. And you know what? If he didn't lead us into a difficult place, then, then we would not change. We'd remain the same. We'd remain spiritual infants. And God wants us to grow. Aren't you glad that your parents didn't continue to dress you into your teen years, you would have been embarrassed, number one. Aren't you glad that your parents forced you to feed yourself? Aren't you glad that your parents backed up, made it difficult for you so you could learn to grow? Well, that's the way the Lord is. So let me say this. Um, 
this idea of that, the Holy Spirit uh, giving us an overcoming attitude in life. The, the, the underlying theme of that is he'll sometimes allow us to go into a very difficult situation. I found myself that way as I turned 30 years of age. When I turned 30, and that was in 1988, I left my nest, my feathered nest of life, which was in Oklahoma. I had been to Bible school there, the second Bible school experience I had with Susan. And uh, life was good. We had a nice home. We had two children. In fact, Susan was pregnant with our third child when I was uh, 29 years old. And, uh, and we moved back to the Carolinas when, when I was 29, and I turned 30 that fall in October. And, uh, and, you know, so prior to that, life had been really good. We'd been basically eight years uh, a little less than the intults, a little less, but I'm just generally saying eight years. And, uh, and life was good, and, and, you know, we enjoyed ministry, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've often thought about it. The ministry position I had at the church where I was on staff, I did everything but actually be the senior pastor of the church. I, I water baptized people. I gave them communion. I, um, I, I did funerals. I did weddings. I visited people in the hospital. I counseled people all the time. So I did really everything, but I wasn't senior pastor. I was just on the pastoral staff team. And, and I just really love life. But when God moved me out of my, I call it my feathered nest, like, like Mama Eagle puts a feather, her down, her feathers in the nest. Baby Eagle is wonderful till Mama knocks the eagle out of the nest and forces the eagle to fall down to the ground, uh, looking like it's about to die, only to scoop the little baby eagle up on its back, catch it, and then bring it back to the nest. Why is Mama doing that? So the baby eagle can develop his wings and his wing muscles. Because they'll reach a point, the baby eagle will reach a point in time that mama eagle can't feed him. And see, that's what God does to us in life. So I was um, almost 30. I moved to, to us, the Carolinas, to South Carolina, started a church in a small town. And, and really, honestly, that was probably the most difficult time of my entire life. In fact, um, I've, I've mentioned this quite a few times. I've, I've been here at Victory Church 20, um, 20 what is it, eight years now. And uh, wow. This was a difficult time, a challenge, most challenging time of my life. And, and I don't like to say it, but, you know, f with some people that helps me identify, I, I didn't want to I came to a point that life was so hard and the stressors were so off the chain. In fact, you've heard me say it maybe, the Masters and Johnson stress list. They have a list of stressors in life that I'd gotten when I was counseling. I looked at that thing. The only thing I didn't have on the that was on the list, I hadn't divorced Susan, and I didn't have a death to deal with. But other than that, everything on the list was a part of my life. It was crazy, and uh, so the uh, we I maxed out the the stress the stress test. I did, and uh, and and you know I found myself one day just not wanting to live. It was too hard, and my mind was trying to convince me. Mitch just ended all. And, and listen, let me. I remember uh, the kids were at school. Susan was working, and I was at home. We had just started a little fledgling church, and nothing was going the way I thought it would go, and it was really, really a hard time. You know, listen, I will never forget being in my bedroom by myself um, that morning and the Holy Spirit, and I'm sitting there thinking of how gloomy things were and how awful life was and how difficult uh, it was to live, and you know, the Holy Spirit rose up in me, and I heard him say, Mitch, get up. In fact, he said it gently to start with, Mitch, get up. 
I just sensed Mitch get up. And then, and then the longer I waited, the more firm it became. Mitch, get up. Mitch, get up. Get up. And finally, get up and go out in your backyard and, I, and take your Bible with you. I said, wow, what is this? I mean, I thought God, you know, I thought God would be sentimental with me and understand and identify with my pain and my hurt and my anguish and my negative thoughts and all. No, he was right, quite stern at the very end part of that. Get up and go outside with your Bible. I went. They had 10 oak trees in my backyard, and um, I walked back and forth under those oak trees. You know what the Holy Spirit did? On, it, was a, it was like a supernatural thing for me. He, he took me, I opened my Bible and began to read from the Psalms, and he showed me that he was going to make a way of escape out of my problems, that killing myself was really stupid, that I should never think about doing that again. It's, very, it's a selfish decision that displeases God and hurts other people. Do you know that's a good definition for sin? What is sin? Sin is a selfish decision. One of my Bible school professors gave, gave us this definition of sin. Sin is a selfish decision that displeases God and it hurts other people. And he showed me that's what I was doing. I was, I was being very selfish with myself. And after I repented, you know, um, again, I was outside in, under my under those 10 oak trees, just walking back and forth in my backyard. And, uh, and listen to what he gave me the following scripture. And you know, all these years I've clung to these scriptures when I'm in a hard place, and it's helped me. See, that's the way the Holy Spirit is. He will turn the negative into a positive. He will always lead you towards the positive side of life. Psalm 27, verse 5, uh, God's word translation, He hides me in his shelter when there's trouble. He keeps me hidden in his tent. He sets me high on a rock. See, that's our God. And that's what the Holy Spirit will help you do when you're going through a hard place. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalm 30, he gave me that. He gave me Psalm 37, 39, and 40, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. See, you don't just have to lean on your own strength. He'll be your strength. And the Lord will help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. That was so awesome to hear as I continued to read and go through the Psalms. God led me that day under those 10 oak trees to Psalm 46, verse 1, Amplified. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable to temptation a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Oh, man, it's like a lifeline. Like I'm into water about to drown and somebody throws a, somebody throws a lifeline to me and I grab a hold of it. And that's, that's what the Holy Spirit did. Psalm 50, verse 15, he gave me that day. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. See, he was leading me away from my problem into the solution. And all my mind was taken up with was, was how I felt and how gloomy it was and how distraught I was and how difficult life was and how disappointed I was. You know, God will take your disappointments and turn them into an appointment with his presence. And see, that's what he wants to do every day in us. Psalm 86, verse 7, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon you for you will answer me. He gave me that scripture, Psalm 91, uh, verses 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. 
I will set him on high because he has known my name. He, talking about the believer, he or she, he shall call upon me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, I just can't, I don't have words to uh, purvey how much I appreciate the positiveness of the Spirit of God and how when you're at your worst place, lowest place in life, He just has a way of lifting you up. A righteous person falls seven times but gets up again. And, you know, he, he just has... He just has a wonderful ministry to us. And, and, and while here I am talking. While I'm talking, these verses just keep coming to me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm turning right now in my Bible into that. Listen, um, he says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And he says, We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be manifested in us. Uh, God's word translation, in every way we're troubled, but, we're, but we aren't uh, crushed by our troubles, um, we're, even though we're frustrated. But we don't give up. We're persecuted, but we're not about to be captured. We're not killed. Uh, we're not killed. We're always carrying around the, the um, death of Jesus in our bodies that the life of Jesus uh, may also be shown in our bodies. It's so good. I, I just want you to know, listen, I don't know what you're going through today. Maybe you're finding yourself in a hard place. And really, you know, we're in a challenging time in America, in the world. Jesus is coming back soon. And and the world is lining up. There's wars, rumors of war. There are earthquakes. There's challenges. There's governmental challenges, natural challenges. Our, our, um, our culture's in the muck and mess of sin, grime of sin, and like it never has been before. But you know what? God's got a plan to help us and redeem us. And I just want to encourage you. If you'll get in touch with the Spirit of God, He'll, number one, lead you to the Word. Uh, he'll lead you to love on, on the Word of God. And then you know what? He'll lead you to look to the promises of God, which are yes and amen, which Paul said in Romans 8, 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And as Paul said in Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How will he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, he is so positive, so positive. And I so appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit and, and being so absolutely positive to us. He gives us an overcoming attitude. Lord, I pray for every person listening today, regardless of what they're facing, what they're encountering in life, or how difficult at the moment life may seem to be. Thank you that you always make a way of escape so that we're able to go through whatever we're involved in. And Lord, as Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, sometimes we're led into a hard place. But in the middle of the hard place, you show yourself in an amazing way. You show yourself as a, as a helper, as a deliverer, as a redeemer, as a friend, as a confidant, and, and as one who infuses us 
with life from above. Let that happen in every person that listens to this today. I break the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I break off of you the spirit of oppression and depression in the name of Jesus and command it to lift from that person. You foul spirit of suicide, come off of them in Jesus' name. And Lord, let the presence of Jesus permeate the atmosphere around every person who hears this and lift them up and raise them up and give them the attitude and demeanor of a conqueror. In Jesus' name. God bless you, my friend. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great day, a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe or leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.